In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. This ecclesiastical year, this uh, liturgical year, from Nairuz to Nairuz, from September to September, we're in the year 1735 of the martyr. We at St. John Chrysostom will try and remain focused on one goal. The one goal is the desire to see God. The desire to see God will be our theme this year. The desire to see God and the vision of God was given to all of humanity in Jesus Christ. The vision of God was given to all of humanity in Jesus Christ. But not everyone wanted to see God. Last week we heard Zacchaeus who wanted to see God who wanted to see, sorry, Christ, and Christ came to him. And when Christ came to him, uh, out of all the crowd, we see that Zacchaeus receives him, and Christ says to him, Today salvation has come to this house. I urge all of you, and myself as well, to realize Christ's love. This was last week, and I'm repeating it again this week. I urge all of you, Christ's love for each in every one of us that Christ has come to seek and to save those who were lost in today's gospel about the sinful woman a gospel that we love so much in our church that the church put it in the Agbeya in the midnight hour in this gospel it is clear that Christ welcomes the sinner and just as Christ welcomes the sinner last week I mentioned to you that this is the mission of the church, the welcoming of sinners. I mentioned before that there is only one door into the church, which is the door of repentance. And the church opens wide this door to all who are willing to come through this door. Now, not everybody who comes to church comes through the door of repentance. Some people come different ways and for different purposes. But only those who enter through the doors of repentance truly enter into the church. And we have to understand this in our, in our own spiritual lives. There was, uh, there's a story I often repeated about a heroin addict who was coming to church. And he said, church is a place where we come to wash our hands because our hands are very dirty. And he admitted this. He said to himself, I'm, I'm coming. But he says, the problem is we come to church and everybody puts their hands in their pockets because they don't want to show how sinful they are, how dirty they are. So they hide their sinfulness. Now, I'm not saying we have to show everybody how sinful we are, but we do have to come with the idea that we're here to wash our hands. It is clear that Christ welcomes the sinner, but I'm not going to speak about the sinner today. What I'll speak about is Simon. Simon shows us, in this story, Simon shows us how easy and how common it is for us to look down on the mission of the church and to work against the mission of the church. How easy and how common it is to look down on the mission of the church. Good that Simon invites Christ into his home and maybe Christ came to him with as much excitement and energy as he went to Zacchaeus last week. This 
story of Simon, uh, or we can say the story of the sinful woman, especially Simon, there's a beautiful homily by St. Ephraim the Syrian on this story that I'll share with all of you in our email, um, hopefully this evening. St. Ephraim the Syrian, he imagines the woman coming to Christ. And there's a long story about that, but he imagines the woman coming to Christ in Simon's home, and Simon is at the door, and he won't let her in. And he begins to speak to her, saying, You are a harlot. This man, Jesus Christ, is a righteous man. He wants nothing to do with you. And creatively, St. Ephraim created this dialogue where he imagines Christ inside speaking to Simon and saying, Simon, who's at the door? Is there somebody at the door that's coming to see me? Open to him the door and let him come in. Let that person receive what he needs and then he can go. And then St. Ephraim, who was, a, who was a poet as well, he said, uh, poetically and creatively, he says, if that person is hungry and hungers for bread, behold, in this house is the table of life. And if he is thirsty and thirsts for water, behold, the blessed fountain of, <coughs> of living water is in your, is in your house. And if he is sick and asks for healing, behold, the great physician is in your house. Simon, allow sinners to look upon me. It is for their sakes that I have abased myself, that I have condescended, that I have humiliated myself and come down. I, Christ is saying, I will not ascend to my Father in heaven, to the dwelling from where I came from, until I bear back the sheep that has wandered from my father's house and lift that sheep upon my shoulders and bear it aloft to heaven. So you see, Christ is reminding us that the one sheep is all of humanity. Christ has come to seek and to save those who were lost. That was what we spoke about last week. But then Simon goes a step further. He doesn't just let the, man, the, the woman in. Simon then judges the woman and judges Christ. He says, this man, if he were a prophet, he would know who and what manner of woman this is who is touching him, for she is a sinner. He's saying, I thought, I thought Jesus was the real deal. I thought he was really righteous. But he's letting this prostitute kiss him. So then Christ, who also cares for the Pharisee, right? It's beautiful to see that Christ doesn't just go out to those, the, the harlot and the tax collector and all those who are visibly sinful, but he goes to the Pharisees as well, as if to return them as well, like the father of the prodigal son, who went out searching for the prodigal son. When he returned, he also went out for the older son, left the party in search of the older son, asking him to come in. So Christ gives this man a parable. He says there was a creditor, who forgave the debts of two individuals. One individual owed 500 denarii, the other 50. Who is the debtor who will love the creditor more? And so he says the one who had the, the greater debt, the one who owed a lot, loved him more because he forgave him more. So then we have to ask ourselves, who in this story is the debtor 
who owed 500 and the debtor who owed 50. We can say the sinful woman is the one who owed more, who owed the 500, uh, more than the Pharisee. And we can understand that the Pharisee had little sins, and therefore he loved Christ and the forgiveness of Christ only a little. But we should understand it in a different way. We should understand that it was the woman who no longer owed a lot, a lot of debt. Imagine the debt that she had, she had coming in equal to that of the, of, the, of the Pharisee. She comes in though and she washes the feet of Christ. So she pays part of that debt. She kisses the feet of Christ. She pays part of that debt. She washes the feet of Christ and she dries them with her, her hair. She pays part of that debt. And she anoints him with oil. She does a work for Christ. She pays part of that debt. And so her, she loved much. And because she loved much, she was and was forgiven much, she was able to pay off part of that debt. In the end, Christ forgave her her sins. But he's saying to the Pharisee, be careful. You're the one that has the debt of 500. And you're the one who has a lot to be forgiven and you should love more than what this woman has done. It's a little bit different in the way that we approach it. But St. Ephraim argues about this and he says, no, it is the, the Pharisee who owes the 500, not the 50. And we have to understand that in the process of repentance, in the process of our confession, in the process of our returning to Christ, it is not simply enough to say, I'm sorry, and I'm not going to do it again. We have to take active steps, active steps again in our working out our salvation. Acting, active steps might be praying more. And we know this. I'm going to fast a little bit more. I'm going to pray a little bit more. I'm going to do more prostrations. I'm going to give more money to the poor. I'm going to give extra time to serve those who are around me. This is how we work on paying off the debt. And I know that we don't like to think about our life in terms of a debt and we have to do our works in order for God to forgive us. But it's more of understanding the love that Christ has given to us. The love that Christ has given to us. And we're trying to repay it in any way. And that repayment is not only to Christ and the church, but to our brother and our sister outside. This idea of welcoming the sinner... There's a nice story I'd like to share with you, not of, of, a common, of, a, of a person who's not so commonly known. Her name was Saint Isidora. Uh, she was a, a nun in the 4th century. 4th century in Upper Egypt, uh, Tabenna or Tabennesi. I was actually looking for her story in our Synaxarian and I couldn't find it. And I was surprised because it's written in the sayings, in the, sorry, in the Paradise of the Fathers, Bustan uh, and Rukban. It's in there, but it wasn't in our Synaxarian. It's a beautiful story about a woman who acted as a fool. She was a, what we call a fool for Christ. She entered into the monastery and she acted as a fool for Christ so that she would reject the honor and the glory uh, that are given to uh, the monks and the nuns who are holy. So she acted like a fool. And the response was, everybody in the monastery rejected her. Uh, she washed the dishes. She never ate in front of anyone. They said that we never saw her eat. All she satisfied herself with was the crumbs 
and the leftovers from after everybody ate, and it was something like 400 people, 400 nuns, and she would wash the dishes. Now, everyone spoke poorly of her. This is a convent, right? This is where nuns who are devoting themselves to uh, prayer and to worship and to serving God. But yet this woman, they spoke poorly of her. Uh, they physically abused her. It said that they poured dirty water, the, the dirty water from the dishes and everything, they would pour it over her head and soak her in it. They never let, let her eat with them. And so it was one day that a holy father in the desert received a vision and it always comes this way that God will, will give a vision to a holy person and he'll say to this person you think you're so holy there's someone who's greater than you happened to St. Anthony happened to St. Daniel uh, the, the Hegumen it happened to uh, St. Macarius and it happens to this holy father uh, his name is Petraeum uh, Petraeum, not a common name, but it was a holy father nevertheless. So he goes in search of this holy woman and he goes to this monastery and he looks for them. He looks for this among the 40, 400. He's looking and says, is this everybody? Because I'm not seeing the woman in my vision. And then they said, well, there's one other person. She's in the kitchen. She's washing the dishes. So they go. They're calling for her. She refuses to come. They drag her out. And the second he sees her, he recognizes her from the vision. He says, he gets on his knees and he says, bless me. And everyone's like, this is a mentally ill person. She's not, she has no blessing for you, Father. You must be confused. And he called, and then it says in the story, you are all mentally ill. Because you do not recognize the holiness of this woman. And he speaks about her. He says, she is my mother and she is your mother. And she is a saint and she is a holy woman and she will bless me. And so, at that moment, everybody begins in the monastery, begins to confess their sins. I did this to her. I did that to her. I did this wrong thing to her. And, and he forgives, you know, gives them absolution, all forgives them, and leaves the monastery. And she remains with them. But then, this is, this is what I think is the best part of the story. When she's receiving all this glory and honor from these nuns, the story says she left the convent and was never heard about again. Nobody knows where she went. Nobody knows what happened to her. She disappeared. She's not... She, in her heart, and why she was holy, and why she was revealed as a holy person, because despite the fact that she was being treated in such a way, her heart never left the presence of God. It said that her heart was always focused on, on God. We can say she received this vision of Christ. She received this vision of God that this is our theme this year and she never departed from it. She never let anything take her, her eyes off of it. This vision of God. She sa he said to them, I hope that I can be like her on the day of judgment. This was his, I hope I can be like her on the day of judgment. Now I ask you, in this, in this space here, in this church of ours, would we welcome Isadora? Not the Isadora after she was exposed, but the Isadora before. Do we welcome the sinful person? Into, will we welcome the sinful person? Or will we 
hide ourselves or hide, take our kids away from that person or make sure that person is you know, in the back. How do we accept the sinner? Are we like Simon? Remember, Simon is common. This person is righteous. This person is holy. And, and you are not. This is for the holy. The holy place is for the holy. And we say that. The holies are for the holy. But we have to understand how important it is for us to welcome the one who is looking to come to Christ. If someone who we judge to be a sinner comes here and we welcome him or her into this place, we are continuing the mission of Christ. But if someone comes here and does not feel welcomed into the presence of Christ, then we have taken on the mission and the service of Simon. And I'm saying this to us now when we're small, when we're a small group, so that we can begin to repeat this over and over and over again, so that we understand the mission of the church and the place of the church. The church is a hospital for those who are sick. And we open up wide the doors of of this hospital. Instead of being like Simon, we should be the exact opposite. We should run into the streets and say, Christ is here and all are welcome. Come to the one who, if you are hungry, will give you food. If you are thirsty, he will give you drink. If you are sick, he is the great physician who will heal you. At the beginning of this year, let us seek the vision of God. Let us seek the vision of God in Christ our Savior. And let us do all that we can to seek after those who are lost and to help them come and to see Christ among us. Let them see the love that we have for God and for one another. And let us open up wide the doors to those who are seeking to be saved, those who are in need of his salvation. To God be the glory now and ever into the age of all ages. Amen.